Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Business Pro podcast, the podcast that empowers you to win at work, at home, and in life. Your hosts are the formidable duo of Todd Holland, an award-winning marketer, best-selling author, and serial entrepreneur, and yours truly, Jonathan Laudermilk, another best-selling author, globally recognized, successful business owner, and business coach. Together, we're going to bring you invaluable insights, inspiration, and real-world strategies from the world's leading business minds. Get ready to start winning in every area of your life. Let's start the show. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Business Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Laudermilk, the host with the most. And as always, I've got the, my main man, Todd the Duckman Holland, fine co-pilot with me, no pun intended. And we've got a damn good guest on this episode. Uh, we actually have a fellow fitness coach, which as y'all know, that's where my beginnings in business started. So I always have a soft spot for the fitness industry. So I'm excited for this conversation. Before we get started... If this is your first time tuning in, I just want you to kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Your gift to us is that you're taking time out of your valuable day to tune in. However, if this is your second, your third, your fourth, your fifth, your umpteenth time, you know what I'm about to ask you. I need you to like and subscribe. I need you to share us on social media. Even better yet, take this episode and send it directly to a fellow business pro or entrepreneur that needs to hear this episode today. It really does support us in our mission to help business professionals create more freedom within their business so they have the time to focus on creating a legacy for their life. With that being said, let's get the show on the road. Todd, how are you today, sir? I'm great, man. I'm doing great. I'm on day three of my vow of silence. Well. <laughs> You're doing a vow of silence? Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking. Did you lose a bet with Holly? Uh, no, no, I just, oh. it, it's, like, it's like a cleanse, you know what I mean? So you just don't talk for several days, uh, and, and so I've been doing that. Well, God bless you, sir. This will be an interesting episode then to be able to break yeah, that vow of silence. So with that being said, I want to introduce our esteemed guest. I'm really excited to have her on. Um, on today's episode, our guest is going to be Dana Brooks. Dana spent 12 years as a devoted stay-at-home mother. God bless you. Um, raising three children. However, her own well-being took a well-being took a toll, tired, overweight, and unhappy, um, which has really put her on her journey, which shifted when she's Decided to transfer her health through faith, strengthening exercise, and nourishing foods. After conquering her own challenges, she ventured into bodybuilding, discovering a passion for empowering women. I love it, leading from the front. Um, this led to the finding Drench Fitness, which has impacted over 1,500 lives. That's awesome. Um, expanding her reach globally, Dana coaches women online, motivating them to, rage to, to embrace their potential. Um, she's also a motivational speaker and creator of the Reclaim You program. She helps women over 40 prior prioritize health. Um, she has multiple certifications in training nutrition. Dana is dedicated to guiding transformative journeys. Once again, she's a loving mother and wife, and she is committed to empowering women worldwide. With that being said, Dana, thank, welcome to the show. Thank you for being on. Welcome, thank Dana. you so much for having me. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you very much for yeah. this opportunity. So what I really love, and, and once again, I come from the fitness space, so I've met every type of trainer and coach out there. And what I like to think of like your story is like the story coach, which is typically someone that has had like a self-transformation, which has led their passion, which once again, they turned into a business and they use that to help other people that want to achieve similar, if not better results. So I think the best place to start is I want to go back to where this first started as you being that stay-at-home mom 
taking care of three children, which God bless you. I've got an eight month old daughter and she's a freaking handful. So three of them. <laughs> um, so let's start there and, and kind of unpack that story of like what that life was like and how that led to you starting your business. And then we can kind of go from there. Yes. Thank you. I, I love sharing my story because that's, that has created the passion that I have today. So I love sharing it uh, to start off. And again, I was a stay home mom, but I was in the corporate world prior to okay. having my first child. Yes. And I always said, I'm going to go work and I'm going to drop my son at the daycare and I'm going to continue doing what I do because I love working. Well, that lasted about a week. And uh, <laughs> I knew that it was my place to be with my son, picked him up from daycare after my first week going back to work. And uh, I, that was my first day of being a stay home mom, colicky son. And I found myself kind of just a little bored while he was taking naps and he was colicky and I started sewing baby blankets and mm -hmm. I mentioned this because this is the start of my entrepreneurship and uh my mother she was a seamstress grew up with that and she taught me how to sew my first baby blanket and while raising my first son that's what I ended out joining a mom's club and uh had a blanket one day the, the other local moms asked me oh where you know where's that blanket from I said I have a blanket business would you like to order one and from that day, I created Baby Jakes, which was an apparel and uh, baby textile company. Oh. And so, yes, so we started that. Uh, that was my first business venture and um, had my son sewing in the middle of the night, waking up to the baby in the morning. And uh, 12 years later, three kids later, I was behind a sewing machine still. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And prior to the sewing machine, though, and prior to me having kids, I was a world traveler, I, you know, I got my degree from San Diego State University. I want to be an international negotiator. I had all these dreams and I was very, very um, adventurous. You know, the more I could travel, that, that was just all my happiness at that time. So fast forward to 12 years later, behind a sewing machine, lost sight of the woman that I was created to be, lost sight of my identity. Uh, kids are all at school by this time. And I was sewing baby blankets. I had a manufacturer, but I was doing the personalization. Um, again, found myself behind the sewing machine, drinking a lot of wine, gaining a lot of weight, and I had lost the woman that I was created to be. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where I knew that was my breaking point. My marriage was, um, my marriage was suffering. Uh, my confidence was, I didn't have any anymore. I was overweight by about 40 pounds, and I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to go out on dates and then one day, my my husband, he had this is this is what's getting to me where I'm going. Um, he had said we were going to go out one night, and I said I I don't want to go out. I'm too fat. I'm I look horrible. And you know, he told me he told me these words, and that was a that changed everything for me. The trajectory of my journey. He said these words. He said, "Stop talking negatively about my wife. My wife is perfect the way I see her. If you don't like what you see." then do something about it, but don't mention it anymore to me. Mm. And I realized at that point, I have to start doing something for me. Otherwise I have no one else to complain to, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when I started lifting weight and um, every repetition reminded me of the strength that I once had. And that's what bodybuilding started doing for me. I started realizing the strength that I had lost sight of after all the years of being a stay-at-home mother, sewing baby blankets. That's and um, it really signified the strength that never really left me. I just, again, I lost sight of that. So rep by rep, it just, you know, brought me back to who I was as a woman. 
And with that, my body started getting stronger. My mindset started getting stronger. My entire life started just changing before my eyes. My everything started changing. My relationships started changing. Um, I rededicated my life to my, my faith. I knew with God, all things are possible. And um, my nutrition, everything changed. And I got so, um, my life was just changed. And that's where I decided I wanted to get into bodybuilding. And I entered my first bodybuilding competition in the physique women's and um, did exceptionally well. And I just remember that day standing on stage and I saw my husband as my biggest advocate, you know, staring at and up at that stage, you know, just so proud of me. And I realized when I got that stage and I told him, I go, honey, it was never about you. It was about me. I was never happy with the woman that I was. And um, he had said these words. There was not a day that went by. I didn't pray for you. And I knew you'd come back to me one day. And I realized that it was about me and losing sight of who I was. And that's what affected my entire life and everyone around me. So I said, I'm going to open an all women's fitness studio because I'm sure I'm not the only woman that is self-sabotaging her life ruining relationships, feeling inadequate, lack of, lack, of, lack of confidence. I know there's many other women like me who I once was. And that's when I formed Drunch Fitness. And that was 12 years ago, 10 years ago, excuse me. That's phenomenal. And, uh, so, yeah, so that, that, that's, that's the story in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Dan, let's do this. There's, there's, it's so funny. Every time I, I do this with our guests, there's always so much to impact on different parts of that. So the first thing is, um, as you st first started off with your entrepreneur bug with like creating um, the baby blankets, it's so funny you mentioned that because my wife has literally come up with like three or four different product ideas. There are tons of things that are not being done for people that are, you know, having children, like either about to or as they grow up. So I just think it's super cool that you actually saw a product and a need within the market and then actually had the action willing to put into that to actually go build something off of that. I just think that's super cool. Yeah. And I believed, I believed, I believe. And I've always been a believer ever since a little girl, I would sell blow pops out of my backpack in third grade. <laughs> I've, been a, I've, been a, I've really been an entrepreneur, you know, since first grade, really. I've always sold things out of my, so I knew this was just going to be, I used to sell, to get through college, I used to sell uh, flower bouquets out of my truck and my vehicle so I could go and travel uh, during college and things like that. So I've always done something. So I knew as long as you believe in what you're doing, you're, you could always generate revenue and, 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 and be successful in whatever that may be. Yeah, I love that. So, so let me ask you this, if you don't mind answering. Um, so once again, our podcast is themed uh, how to win in business, but also at home. And what I have found that a lot of entrepreneurs, when they're first starting off, they typically do not have the support of their spouse, right? So full transparency with me and my wife, um, she was not fully on board with me on my first venture of, you know, once again, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to start my own company. And, and once again, it came more so from um, her being more comfortable with the uh, corporate environment, get a job and things like that. But, you know, obviously through us going through that process, it brought us a lot closer together. And once I got her on board, I can't, I can't tell you with how important that meant to me and how really she's been the backbone to really everything I've been able to accomplish by having that support at the home front. But once again, they required a lot of uncomfortable conversations and a lot of personal growth, um, more so on my end with this to earn that trust. So I guess what I'm getting to, Dana, is like, 
if you don't mind sharing a little bit more about the dynamic between you and your husband and going through this venture of launching your businesses, what were those conversations like? Was he always supportive? Was that something that you guys had to kind of get on the same page about? Like, what'd that look like? I love, this is probably my favorite question. And it's going to be my favorite question out of this whole conversation. I'm telling you, I have gotten to the where I'm at today because from day one, my husband has always believed in me, even when I didn't believe in myself. Mm. The days when I don't want to do something or the days I don't feel like it, he reminds me of all that I am. And, and just his belief alone in me, I have no limits. And having that partner always accessible to me, we dream bigger together and we impact together. And it's because we believe in each other without mm. belief in one another. I don't think you have much without belief in one another. Yeah. Because with belief, you could, you could, I mean, there's no, there's no limits when you believe you're already halfway to your biz, business venture by just believing. And the rest is just putting in the work. So once you could believe and, and have that support, that person believes in you just as much as sometimes you don't believe in yourself. Because it's, you know, it's, you know, it's not easy. And my partner for me gets me to back to level ground again. And uh, having that partnership, I don't know how an entrepreneur would could go through the tough times without that person in the corner believing in you and, you know, encouraging you and, and reminding you of your strengths. You know, that, that was, it's pivotal in, in this process. It's instrumental to have that. And that's what really has given me the wings to fly to where I am today because he believed in me from day one. That's so cool. Yeah. You know, and, and once again, I think it's a really a point, a really good point to echo home to people is like, you know, yeah, you can try to do it on your own. And there's probably a lot that you could do on your own, but sure. you'll never grow to the level of what you're capable of unless you have that peace and that alignment in the home front, which is why I think it's very important to make sure that we're spending that time in those relationships so that we can get the support to go out there and, and fight all the battles that the world likes to throw at us. And, and, and one thing I've got to mention too, it's impacted our children. Mm. Our children, our children understand, um, you know, partnership, entrepreneurship, hard work. Uh, you know, there's no handouts. We're going to work. And, and, you know, that's, and our kids have that same mindset because they've seen all the adversities I've gone through in business and they've seen my husband supporting me. So my boys will do the same for their wives. I truly believe what we're doing together as a partner partnership is, is just our kids will mimic in their, in their life as well. And, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's not only just the business, but if I could say, you know, the money, all of, you know, the impact, I think it's the most priceless aspect of entrepreneurship with the spouse is the impact that it has on the children. There's yeah. no money in the world that could possibly come close. So the journey is beautiful. So and it's priceless. Yeah. So it's funny you say that Dana, because ever since we've had our little girl, Aria, and once again, she turns eight months here this week, um, it's weird. Like once you, and this is our first kid. So for, for me, like, I feel like it tapped into a whole different side of me and it's put things in perspective for me too, as an entrepreneur, like the things that I used to find challenging in business, when I look at that comparatively, 
to the responsibility and what's required of me to actually be a father, a dad, and a leader to my little girl, it's nothing. Like that scares me more than anything in business. And it also pushes me to be more successful, not just in business and life, because I know the example that I set will set the thermostat of what she believes is possible for her life. So I, I'm 120% in alignment with you on that, with being using that as the fuel to push yourselves because you're literally setting the example of what's possible for your, for your children. Priceless. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Okay. So, so let's, let's speed back up. So, so we're at the gym, right? You're launching this and this is what, 10, 12 years ago when you did this? At 10, 10, uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Okay. So, cool. so walk us through that process of like launching for the first time. Like, what did that look like? Yeah. Uh, well, it, well, it happened in my garage. <laughs> nah, we're and, most, uh, most great gyms start at. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and my children would come out and you know, in the garage, they've seen me start this again. Another thing, it's, it's been a family affair this entire time. So starting it in my garage and uh, doing, you know, one-on-one personal training back then. And uh, soon two and one, three and one, and my garage started getting a little tighter. And, um, <laughs> and then my neighbor started complaining about, um, actually, no, excuse me, this is actually, that did come, but um, I thought I'd go to the association and 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 bring together a community and say I'll do a boot camp at the local um, community center where I live, and they the the homeowners association said wait what do you mean I go well yeah I do fitness training from my home they're like no 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 you cannot you cannot have a business from home that's not you've got thirty days to to stop your business you cannot do it in premises at your home but that was exactly what I needed because had they not had I, I at first I was thinking oh no I should have mentioned it I had no idea. But I needed that because that got me out of the garage. And I said, I got 30 days to find my own place. I contemplated, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know how entrepreneurship, you question yourself. Maybe this is time to close my doors. But as I always say, God had another plan. And I ended up going to local studios, seeing if I could just rent their free free weight room. Because that was my focus of strength training for women. Most of them didn't know, know what to do and how to train properly. And so I found a local gym and I said, I need your, I just need to rent this, just the weight training area. Give me one year. And um, that's all I need. 30 days later, I moved into that gym, um, grew it very quickly. Within 45 days, I found a place to lease and uh, went on my own in a little 900 square foot space, just adjacent to where I was training discovered it when I was on my lunch break (laughs) and um, opened up. That was when I had my own shop 45 days later. So this all happened in a three month period for me having my garage. We had over 90 members and we had no more space. We didn't have any space and we had to put a wait list for a bit. Prior to my garage, though, I didn't mention this. I was at a local boot camp when I was going through my certification. I just wanted to get some experience working with people. In that boot camp, I was training sweaty men, and I realized I didn't want to work with men. And then that's when I went to my garage. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it, but that was not where my heart mission, based off my my personal experience and where right. I really wanted to impact women. So I went to my garage, and then this new space. Well, the owners of the previous boot camp, when I originally started training, were they 
reached out to me and they said, you know, we're going out of business. If you want to take over our studio, you could go ahead and do this. I'm like, it's three times the size of what I have. I had 900 square feet. It was uh, what 2,800. Mm. And within 30 days, I moved in that first location that I once trained in. Wow. Had no idea that would ever happen, but that happened and um, built that out. And then got a second location there after that. And then COVID hit. And then that's another story. Right. Um, but that that's kind of the whole story in a nutshell. And, um, so, and so- we, oh, oh I, I must mention, I must mention, we still have, we had 24 members that were training in my garage over 10 years ago. 18 of them are still with us today. That's so awesome. It's, it's created a family and the members tenure is about between four to six years with us. That's so. fan- that's that, that's just that's super cool. That's just a testament to the culture that you've built within your your fitness uh, company and what you're doing. Here's my question. What did you do to get those clients and those members? Like, what were you doing in your marketing? Like, what were some of your tactics? Great question. Referral based was number one. Number two. Imperfect action, going live almost every single day, every day, and just putting myself out there. I look at my live videos from back 10 years ago, and I'm mortified from it, but I did whatever I could do, and I did hire a fitness coach. It's funny because Alex Hermosi had uh, gotten in touch with me. I ended up not going with Alex Hermosi. I went with Bajos Cooley as a mentor, so having a mentor was definitely pivotal in, in, my, in the success of Drench Fitness. Um, Bajos helped me um, just really build out a program and processes, uh, as well as a marketing plan, which was just, I, I always said, just be everywhere every day. Mm. It doesn't matter where you, you know, how you look, what you're presenting. People just want to know you and with the competition, they have to love you. So I made it, I made it my mission to just be always my transparent self and be who I am and be true to my heart, my passion and my work. And I believe that's attracted like-minded women to not only join our gym, but to tell their friends. And that's really become, uh, you know, has, has, has built the community. And like I said, it's just built over time. I don't do any Facebook marketing. Um, I just do a lot of live videos and a lot of connection with other, you know, women within my, the demographic that I work with over 40. And, um, that's, really how I get my people <laughs> it's it's I I love it when someone goes I just did these two things or just this one thing because it honestly a lot of people overthink this marketing thing and they overcomplicate it. it's like hey if I can give people a great experience by making them feel a certain way that's not going to make them not they're going to one not going to leave and number two they're going to bring more people and then like you said I just need to be everywhere what's the best way I can do this well doing videos on Facebook is the most effective way for me to do this at scale. So Todd, I know she's speaking your love language with videos, by the way, Dana, Todd's our our chief marketing officer. So like, he's always hounding me about videos and doing all the things. So Todd, anything you want to chime in too, from a marketing perspective with like video content? No, I mean, video is, is just such a beautiful platform in general for business owners. There's not a better way for someone like Dana, in my opinion, to, to, again, at scale, say, this is who I am. This is what I believe in. And, and in as quick of a time, be able to align with the viewers and the people watching it. And at the same time, you're taking this, this very engaging, very heartfelt bit of content 
And you're able to repurpose that into text, like for emails, for blogs, for your own website. You can take a long video and make it into short. So I, I, I love that that's something that you're not shy about doing um, because it is truly, if you're, if you're passionate about it, it is the quickest path to a win for your business. And even when I didn't have the confidence to do it, I still did it. Yeah. yeah. I knew I had a why and I wanted, and like what uh, Jonathan, we had said about the children, my kids would see me do it scared. And I said, you know what? Mama's got to do this. This is, this is what I do. And I would just, my why was so big that it, it, it was, is far bigger than my fear right. of doing this, you know? It so well, what's funny about what you and I figure out as we go through this is like, hey, every time I do something that I don't want to do, I get a result that I want. So it just reinforces like, hey, I got to keep doing uncomfortable stuff, but I know what's on the other side. So once you experience that one, two, three times, it's like, oh, that's the formula. So if I'm scared was, of it, go ahead. I was going to I was just going to say that it's stacked. It's stacked. It builds. It's the momentum. and. You just, there's nothing that could stop you once you get that momentum. The moment you retract, it pulls you right back from the mission again. Yeah. So when you, well, don't, when you don't feel like it is when you've got to do it most. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I'll, and I'll just add one more thing with the videos. Like for me, like I hate doing videos. I still do, by the way. Right. Even <laughs> though I have done hundreds of videos and recordings and all this stuff over my career. Um, the first big thing that really solidified it for me, Dane, I don't know if this happened to you or not. But that first DM I got from someone else, like, hey, Jonathan, thank you for doing this video. I got this helped me with X, Y, and Z. For me, Dana, that was like, oh, shit. Now I have to keep doing this because it's actually helping somebody. It's not about you. The moment you could remove yourself from that equation and the moment or the moment you think, you know, oh, I, you know, I don't feel confident to do this. I don't feel then you're just thinking about yourself, remove right. yourself out of the equation. It's not about you. It's about them and who you're serving. And it just takes you to the whole new level of just, this yeah. is what I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Okay. So, so let's get back to where, so now we're in the pandemic or scandemic is what I like to call it. So, so talk, so talk to us about that. Like, what did you do during that period to like pivot? And obviously I know there's a bunch of changes in the fitness industry. It hit us pretty hard. So I'd love to hear like, what are some of the things you did to navigate that? Immediately immediate action. I didn't give it a week. I didn't give it two weeks. That as soon as I, oh, I took it. I'll be, I'm going to be completely honest with what I did. I actually kept my gym open. Yeah. I, yeah. And, um, I just made it very discreet, you know, and we made it work. Um, we did go, we did pivot online as well. Cause there were some members that were afraid to come into our studio. Uh, but we kept with business the entire time. Um, for the members that were shy of coming through to, to the studio, like I said, we built out a whole online program. Uh, all the coaches would start filming from the studio on their off time. And we came out with all of our videos. Everything went online within the first week. And uh, we kept running out the videos and we kept doing lives and everything was just basically the same. Right. Um, online and in studio, uh, we kept 80% of our memberships. Nice. So we did, take a, we did take a little dip, but not 80% be kept. And so, yeah, still um, good. yes. And then rather than, you know, people, of course, they ask for pausing their membership. Uh, we did not do any pauses. We had just said that we'll make them unlimited once the studio opens again. So we started giving them a lot of different incentives than to pause. 
So that actually helped us retain our members. Um, but again, our service is always being, our service is, is key. So we uh, have developed those relationships prior to the pandemic, which really saved us because they trusted us. They knew that we would take care of them. And that is one thing that I'm so grateful that we always nourished was the relationships. And I believe that helped us greatly retain our customers. Um, but, and then the quick response of pivoting with the online workouts as well. Uh, but it was, it was definitely, like I said, I had just leased that next property. Oh goodness. It was like maybe two months before COVID. So my, oh, wow. my overhead went up quite significantly. So it did affect, I wasn't expecting that we would have been fine without it. Um, so we did take a little hit there, but we kept moving on and we just kept making it work. We just, whatever we had to do, we did. And, um, it worked. We still, we maintained both properties and, uh, well, that was it. Yeah. Well, yeah what's so, well, what's so great about that is you, you were already doing things online. All you had to do is go, Hey, instead of just marketing online, I'm, we'll just coach and we'll just give you guys another platform to do that. So once again, the, the studios I saw that did that were the ones that came out actually better and stronger from it. The other thing too, though, is because you kept those relationships in that studio setting, um, a lot of the big box gyms got destroyed. Because as you know, they don't focus on relationship. They're just numbers and EFT. And I speak from that because I used to work for a bunch of them and I helped them drive those numbers in. So I just think it's really cool to watch that the studios came out bigger and stronger. The ones that focused on relationship and creating variation in the service with online actually came out once again, bigger and better post COVID after that. Absolutely. The adversity. I, we grew tenfold. All the learning experiences that we had through that process. COVID was the best thing that could have happened to us. A hundred percent. It opened my mind to so many more possibilities, which is why I pivoted online. Yes. You know, it started my own program after that. So it's been very um, lucrative. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, so fast forward to today, right? So like, so where are you at today with everything? Um, talked about the facilities, talk about online, talk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just about a year ago, I pivoted online uh, where my, my studio, I got my studio, um, you know, it was, it's, it's always been pretty much self-propelled, uh, meaning I've always had head coaches, um, operational management type in place but through COVID of course we had to kind of yeah. I had to jump back in and, and do all that so uh once I got everything everything back into its place 100% then that's when I went um uh, 100% online and then my studio manager manages Drench Fitness so um Reclaim You is the program that I developed uh online and uh it's something that it's now my life's work right now I really enjoy that I'm able to impact women across the globe now so I have more reach which is a beautiful thing. I mean, being in the fitness business for you know over 10 years and having a brick and mortar for that long, I needed a change. I was ready for something fresh and new. Mm. And um, I was able to, because of what, uh, you know, uh, the processes I've had in place at Drench Fitness. So yeah. uh, I'm really enjoying the online. I do miss the connection though, the one on, you know, the personal connection, uh, but I do as much as I can to have as many, um, you know, I always go live in the groups and I kind of bring the closest together uh, but it, it's still a little different than not hugging. And I'm a hugger. I'm a very affectionate person. So I'm that cheerleader in the gym. I, I just always been that person. So it's a little different in that sense that I kind of, I do miss that. Um, but uh, not having that overhead and uh -huh. online is definitely is much more lucrative for sure for what my time is worth. And um, it's, it's, it's been a, a learning. I'm still learning a lot. I've only been doing it a year. So uh 
that I've had my best months probably within the last six months. So about six months now. And so I'm heading in the right direction. I've just got a lot of, a lot more learning to do. It's an ever changing world in the online space. So. Yeah, no, it's so funny. So like, um, I fell in love with the online because all transparency, I felt like a slave when I was working in gyms, I'm working six days a week. I'm working 10, 12 hour days. I'm seeing my wife on one day a week, but I'm sleeping half the day. Cause I'm exhausted. I did that for like 10 years straight. And, and that's where I began my fascination with online. And once I started making my first time, I call online money. Um, Dana, I was like, I ain't going back. <laughs> like, uh-uh. Like it does not make sense for me to, to trade my time for dollars and be a slave within a brick and mortar. So I feel like once you get a taste for the online and once again, like, yeah, you missed out that in person. And, and once again, like that was such a great experience being able to be face to face, but the ability to be able to make more pay less and, and actually help more people. To me, it was just a no brainer. And I haven't looked back since. And I was like eight years ago. Yeah. That, it, it's so true. It's, it's, that's what I've discovered. It's a no brainer. It's, it's where I want to go. And plus my husband's retired. I want to, I want to travel. Yeah, I want to right. do more, you know, so there's, it just gives you a lot more freedom as well. Cool. Well, so, let's, what, yeah. So let's do this. Uh, you've already answered one question for me, which I taught, I kind of prepped before the episode, like the most impactful moment. I feel like that was that your husband having that talk with you. So like you already nailed that one. Um, so let me ask you this. If you could go back and do one thing differently throughout that whole journey, what would it be and why? That's a good one. Uh, that is okay. I would have hired my head coach sooner. Mm. I was doing a lot of the work for the first five years. I would have hired somebody sooner to do that. I wish I would have delegated from the get-go. <laughs> you know, it's, I believe it's, that that would have time collapsed some of those years. And uh, I didn't quite have the belief though. And I think it, it takes time to acquire the belief of someone doing just as good of a job as you. And what I've discovered is if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Right. And so what I would have changed again is joining more masterminds. I had a coach, but I should have, um, I didn't have the belief that I had today. So my decisions were so different back then. Um, but like I said, I think just, I know the delegation process should have been done sooner. So if I could change one thing, it would be, I would have taken a, a, a quicker approach on delegation for sure. Oh, oh, <laughs> and I would have attended more masterminds and, and invested more, invested more money into my growth. I didn't do a lot of personal development back then. Now I'm all about it. I don't care what it costs. It's going to get me to the next level. I'm going to do it. I didn't have that mindset back then. So no. uh, if I could give any recommendation to anyone, hire a coach, be the, 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 the least skilled person in any room that you're in and invest in whatever it's going to take to not only time collapse, but to, to elevate to the next level with someone that's already been there. Don't try to figure it all out on your own. Right. You're going to waste so much time. And that's what I did the first five years. So that's well, what I would regret. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> going to be one of the teaser clips that comes from this episode for sure. And it's oh, funny. You know it. It's funny you mentioned that, Dana. So I joined a mastermind about five years ago. Very similar. Like didn't know what I didn't know. Got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Finally invested in me. And joining that mastermind grew me to levels that I didn't know were possible. And it connected me to the right people. That's actually how I met Todd. So. 
funny oh, story. God. One of the guys that was like one of the big shots in there was speaking and he shared something that forever changed my perspective. He said, don't hire for where you are, hire for where you're going. And at the time I was hiring for where I was and I was getting exactly that where I was results versus what's going to get me to the next level. So once I heard that I fired everyone <laughs> that was on my team. And then I basically have rebuilt my whole bench from the ground up. And Todd was the very first person that popped on my radar. And I remember, I'll never forget. I reached out to him going, Hey man, I got a pitch for you. You mind getting on a call with me? He goes, sure, laughy face. And by God, he actually said yes when I pitched him to join Smart Shark. And we've been growing ever since. One of the best decisions I ever made. It was not uh, a I love that. on my part either. Yeah, it was a very easy decision. Yeah. So once again, I just I want to that. echo what you just said. Like, yes, invest in yourself, joining masterminds. And once again, hire for where you're going, not for where you are. That one piece right there changed my whole life. Oh, I love it. It's mm -hmm. so true. It, you just never know. And if you don't put yourself out there in those, in those, in those situations or in those groups of people, you could stay exactly where you are, or you could get right to the next level with the right people. And yep. you never know what that will be if you don't take chances. And, um, you know, I think people are afraid to take chances. People are so they're living in so much fear. And I believe it's because they don't believe in what they're doing. And, um, that's all goes back to the stems from the belief that I talked about where I got, from, you know, my husband believing me, but it's so true. Then when you, then when you join these, you know, mentorships, um, like I said, just the connections, the accountability and the roadmap, <laughs> I had my, I honest, I had my, again, my relationships, my closest relationships have all come from mentorships that I've been in and mm -hmm. the, the greatest accountability as well, you know, so it's been, it's been great. It's the only way really it's, if you've never done this, what makes you think you could do it on your own if you've never even ventured into that it, it, unknown space? Why, you know? why would you want to do it alone? Like that's where I got to was like, I don't want to be right. I want to win. I don't care about being right. I'm fine being wrong as long as it leads to us winning. So when I finally let that piece go, the right people start showing up. Funny how that exactly. works. And that's the thing is too, there's always going to be adverse. There's always going to be bumps in the road. Always. To have a coach in your corner to get you through those bumps is, 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 it's instrumental. Mm -hmm. It really is. You know, people, you know, many will think, oh, I already know what I'm doing. I go, Wait, what about when the time comes that you don't know what you're doing? And you're going to come across those times. So to have the consult already, always on hand is just, it's, yeah, it's, you have to have it. <laughs> There's no other love way. It. Love it. Love it. So, so let's do this. We'll start landing the plane. Hey, Todd, I want you to do your questions for the rapid fire because I'm, I just, they're hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to pass the baton to you, brother. Take the reins. All righty. So um, Dana, do you remember the rules for the rapid fire questions? Uh, the rules. Uh, do I remember the rules? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So the rules of the rapid fire round are, I'm going to ask some off the wall questions. You have to answer with the first thing that comes to your mind and no thinking. Okay. I could do that. Well, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was going to say this, this event was, was made for me. I'm, I'm sold. Um, okay. So question number one, what was the favorite concert that you've ever been to? What's his name? Um, Beatles guy. <laughs> Paul McCartney. Ringo Starr. Oh, damn. We going back to the, you saw them live? I saw Paul McCartney live about, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Oh, okay. 
best concert. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I did go. I, I would, my second would be the Grateful Dead concerts. Okay. There you go. <laughs> those, those, now that's their concert. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, best concert I ever saw was Pentatonics. They crushed it. Ooh, those oh, acapella okay. singers, huh? Yep. I, I took my wife there. It was last year, actually. Uh, no, it was two years ago because it was right around Christmas. I took her out there and uh, yeah, they were awesome. That's fun. No, it's funny. That, yeah, the concerts are great, but it's funny because it goes with the age. Like if I was in my 20s, it would have been Grateful Dead, but I'm in my 40s. So now it's. <laughs> anyway, okay. That's that's awesome. I love that. Okay, cool. So mine is probably Blink-182 um, oh. on my side. Um, okay, question number two. If you had to describe the color purple to a blind person, what would you say? Oh, goodness. Color purple. The movie. Have you ever seen the movie with the African-American woman? <laughs> yes. Pre <laughs> well, precious. Precious. Yes, yes. I would probably get the liberals will probably find me and hunt me down if I said that, though. So you may want to bleep that out. That, that's okay. They, they ain't listening to us anyways. No, they, they don't like it. They don't like us very much. I don't think they're tuning in. Okay, so so you would, are you talking about the movie or the book the movie is based on? Which one is more purple to you? The movie. Okay, well, that makes sense because how are you going to tell a, a blind guy it's like this book he's like well that's helpful right. thank you i, I <laughs> right back where i started it was oprah winfrey right it was oprah winfrey yeah it was oprah and uh oh god i said yeah. i said the african-american lady oh goodness i'm really gonna be hated on this one <laughs> well that's lady said that 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 colored lady and she was talking about a hawaiian person so you're good don't worry <laughs> you're, you're good um okay okay here we go so we'll, we'll keep going here um uh, in six words or less, if you had to guess what outer space smells like, what would it be? Outer space? Yes. Smells like? Yes. Egg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> six words. Um, uh, sulfur. Yeah, yeah. Sulfur, egg. Okay. Yeah. Gasoline, yeah. the, the, the bodybuilder would ask for protein to be right. in, in outer space. The vanilla whey protein. Is Can't well. lose my gains. Right. Right. Okay. Last question. If you had a billboard that everybody in the whole world can see, whole world, even Pittsburgh, what would that billboard say? <laughs> Trump should have been our president. And he still is. And he always will be. Trump 2024. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's my first thought. Concise well, billboard right there. Billboard all over. Well, Everyone, wake up, people. We'll see if he gets to run. He got indicted again. <laughs> they really oh, don't want Donald him. always getting indicted. Always getting indicted. They really don't <laughs> want him to run. It's getting bad. Yeah, the evil witch hunt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, they're pissed at the orange man. Uh, but yeah, Dana, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, what's the best way for people to like get connected with you, follow you, do all the things? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm Dana K Fit, D-A-Y-N-A-K-F-I-T. And uh, Facebook as well, Dana Brooks as well on there. Actually, my maiden name, Dana Pasias Brooks. I know that's going to be too hard to find. Ooh. Instagram, Dana K Fit is the best way to contact me. 
Well, phenomenal. So I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes for y'all tuning in. So everything's super easy and able to be clicked on. But once again, Dana, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time and your treasure with us. I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, with that being said, for y'all listeners tuning in, make sure you go out there and be like Dana Brooks and go out there and get what you're worth. Yeah. Woo! Damn good show. And that's a wrap for this episode, The Real Talk with Real Business Pros. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey with us. We hope today's episode inspired you to take your career, relationships, and personal life to new heights. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep on getting what you're worth. Yeah.